What's up, Kingdom Builder? Welcome back to today's Bible study. And if you're in business and you've been wondering how do you build a gigantic organization, uh, today we're going to unpack some secrets on what Jesus did to be able to build the biggest organization in the world. You went from nobody to 2 billion plus people over 2,000 years. So if that sounds like something interesting to you, if you're not yet subscribed to my YouTube, subscribe there. We drop this plus a lot of other cool content and share this as well. But here's the key. It's the importance of one person. But let me open us to a prayer today and we're going to dive right into this. But dear Father, thank you so much for unpacking your wisdom, for allowing us to unlock your mysteries, Lord. You've done things and put things in this world in an incredible way that are countercultural to what the world says and just allow the truth of your word to be able to settle on hearts today. Let it take deep root so that it changes us and it allows us to have the fruit of your promises, God. Have these words not return void and we're thankful for every single ear that's willing to hear, every heart that is open. Allow us to be able to fend off anything that is not of you and allow your truth to seep into our lives and transform us in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Guys, I'm in, I'm in a business where um, I build sales organizations. We build organizations around the world. It's a global business and everything. And um, one thing that I've struggled with, I don't know if you've struggled with this, is I'm always wanting to, as an entrepreneur, I'm wanting to do more. I'm always wanting speed, right? Who here wants your goals faster than what you're seeing, right? Put a one in the comments below. Um, we're in a digital age where you hear things like artificial intelligence and how to speed things up. You hear things like chat GPT and how to get a lot of content out. You hear things now on social media. There's all these platforms, right? Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And then they throw us this thing called threads. And you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff. And I'm in this constant struggle of wanting to do a lot more. But it's like that adage, it's an Aesop's fable of the bear that tries to catch too much fish. And because it tries to grab too much, it actually lets go of the fish that's already caught. I don't know if you've ever struggled with that. I do as well, too. But I was meditating through the scriptures. I found that there was a principle because Jesus built the greatest organization, right? Think about it. In three and a half years, you got Jesus who was born in a place where there was uh, not much accolades. He was born in a manger. He picked up 12 disciples. One of them betrayed him. And uh, he didn't have technology. There was no social media back in the day. And yet three and a half years of building, he was able to build up the beginning of the church, which 2,000 years later now is two and a half billion plus people around the world that call themselves followers. And it's continued to grow. But how did Jesus do things? And how do we apply these types of principles into our life? Did he go on the mountaintops and he was like publicizing his message to the world? Did he, you know, did he do something that was miraculous that we can't do? Well, I want to break down in Luke chapter eight. There's an interesting story that I believe is a principle that if we apply into our lives can absolutely transform everything. And what Jesus did was this. He focused on one. He focused on one. So in Luke chapter 8, verse 40, interesting story. Jesus is now starting to do his miracles. He's starting to go city after city. He's doing healings, casting out demons, doing some crazy stuff. So he's getting a little bit of popularity, right? Um, 
Jesus, uh, in Luke chapter verse 40, it says, And as Jesus was returning, the people welcomed him, for they had all been waiting for him. So now Jesus has some notoriety. People are like, all right, this guy, not sure exactly who he is. Some call him son to God. Some think he's just a prophet. Anywho, he's doing some crazy stuff. Yeah, Luke 8:41. And a man named Jairus came. He was an official of the synagogue, and he fell at Jesus' feet and began urging him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years old. She was dying, but as he went, the crowds were pressing against him. So here's the setup. Um, he is getting some popularity. People are starting to ask him. People in power are starting to ask him for help. I think in our businesses, in our goals, there's going to be times when you think, I need to go talk to the influencers. I need to go recruit up. I need to go network up, which is true, which is absolutely important. So what's interesting, though, is as Jesus is getting this call from people that the world will call influential, we see some principles. Because what happens, and the, and the crowds are also coming to him. Right? Sometimes we think we need to be this like superstar in this world. We need to have a, a ton of followers. We need to be on big stages. And that's what success means in entrepreneurship. And that does help. But how do you get to those stages? Well, Luke 8.43 juxtaposes. So we have on one side Jairus, who is a leader of a synagogue. We have crowds that are surrounding Jesus. But as Jesus is walking to Jairus and about to do this miracle, it says, And a woman who had suffered a chronic flow of blood for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. So you have Jesus talking to an influencer. You have Jesus having crowds of people around him. And yet there is somebody that in that society would have been deemed an outcast. Back in the day, if you were unclean, uh, there was you were basically like frowned upon. So here's a woman that has this blood illness, unclean, could not get healed, but she wants to get healed. So she touches Jesus' cloak and she gets healed. Right now, this is not the this is not the miracle of the story so far. This is great. But here is where I believe is a kingdom principle to build massive organizations. Jesus could have just been like, get away from me. I got work to do. I got to go to the high places. I got these crowds. Don't you see that? But there was this outcasted woman that had the faith to want to be healed. And she did. But here's the interesting part. Luke chapter 8, 45. Jesus said, who is the one who touched me? And while they're all denying it, Peter said, master, the people are crowding and pressing in on you. Jesus goes on and says, but Jesus says, someone did touch me for I was aware that power had left me. Now, don't you know, there's a pattern in the Bible. When God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. Right. When if you go back to Genesis and Adam and Eve are in the garden, they just get um, uh, tempted by the serpent and they eat the fruit. Do you remember what God asked? God asked Adam, where are you? 
do you think God just had a blind eye and he was like, I don't know what happened right there. I just got blindsided by the devil and like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. No, don't we know that we serve a God that is sovereign? We serve a God that knows everything about everyone at every single time. Put a one in the comments if you know that is a truth right there, right? Like God's never surprised. Remember, God wrote the whole book. God knows the end already. It says he is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. So nothing takes him by surprise. So why does Jesus ask at this time, who touched me? He's not, he's not like surprised. He's using this. He always asks a question to prove a point. He always asks a question to do something about it. So he stops as he's being crowded by other people, as he's going towards Jairus to do this other miracle with this influencer. He stops when he notices that there's a woman that is considered an outcast to stop and want a miracle and she does and he makes this a point to be able to teach us something he says someone did touch me for i was aware that power left me now when the woman saw that she had not escaped notice she came trembling and fell down before him and admitted in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched them and how she had immediately been healed. So she's kind of thinking probably, man, I'm about to get judged right here. I'm about to, you know, uh, he's about to call me out. But don't we know that God does not condemn? If you feel like you're being condemned, if you feel like, by the way, uh, there's any type of ill thought towards you, God does not do that. It says that um, he, he does not condemn, right, for those that are in Christ Jesus. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You know what's interesting? Did you know that this is the only place in the Bible where Jesus calls someone a daughter? So Jesus further accentuates a point that in this situation that he stops for people, for a person that needs help. And he literally calms himself down. So I, what's the principle here? Jesus was able to do things that was able to command the crowds of attention. Jesus did things that was able to eventually get him on the roadmap and the radar to be in front of influencers, right? In your business, who here would love it if you have influential people that want your help? Who here would want crowds of people to take a look at your business, your product, your service, whatever your message is? How did Jesus do it? No matter how popular he got or no matter how popular he wasn't. I believe the principle here is whoever he saw that he could help, he helped that person. He took the time. And there's something powerful. If you take a look at anyone very influential in the world, you'll notice they have this different aspect about them. Yes, they might have crowds around them, but they stop for the one. One of my business mentors, Tim Sales, I remember we were at a big convention and there were thousands of people. If you don't know Tim, Tim is known 
in our profession. He's like the guru. He's like the goat. So whenever he goes to a convention, crowds surround him. Right. So he it was at the end of a convention. People want to line up, take photos, ask questions. There's probably a hundred people gathering around Tim. And I remember someone from the crowd came up to Tim and asked him a question. And it was so fascinating for me to actually look at this interaction because other people are trying to get his attention. Right. Other people try to tap him on the shoulder, get a photo, stuff like that. But what he did was he focused his attention only on this one person's question and spent quality time. It felt like the only people in that room at the time was Tim and that other one person. It was like a good five, 10 minutes. And he like drowned at everyone else. And there it is. There's the secret. If you want to build massive organizations, no matter how small, or how big it ever gets. If your intention is always on who's the person in front of me and how do I serve them to the absolute best? Who's that next prospect that you need to talk to, that you need to put your full attention to? When you're making a post, are you focusing on the one person that's going to hear and see your post? When you're coaching a big team or a big group, you have a training opportunity. Are you focusing on one person? The most powerful marketers, the most effective salespeople, the most powerful leaders, while there might be a lot of people, they focus on one, just like what Jesus did. And you have enough time to do everything that God has called you to. Because as you end this portion in Luke chapter 8, don't we know? That, yes, there was this other mission to be able to help out Jairus and the daughter that was dying. If you read in the rest of the story, so there's this woman that is unclean that does get healed. Jesus takes the time and stalls. And you know what happens? Luke chapter 49 says, this is right after that woman is healed. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of the synagogue official saying, your daughter's died. So... Jairus, in the meanwhile, feels like Jesus is delaying. His daughter dies. But read the rest of the story. Don't you know that the purpose of that timing was to show a miracle? Jesus steps into the scene and raises the daughter from the dead. While we might think that God's timing is off, while we might think that we have to rush to get to where we need to get to faster, Jesus has some kingdom principles. He wants each and every single one of us to do as he does. So if we focus on the person that's right in front of us, no matter how big or small that they might seem in the world's eye, no one is too small, quote unquote, to be loved and to be served. So if you do that in your business, you do that in your life, influence will come, crowds will come but always maintain that piece of humility. So Kingdom Builder, I wonder if that makes sense to you. If it does, comment amen below. It's a reminder that I needed for myself the importance of focusing on one person all the time. If you want to grow massive organizations that last the test of time, Jesus did it right. It worked. So if you do what they do, you're going to be able to get to where they get to. All right. So other than that, if this was helpful, if you're not yet subscribed, please subscribe to my YouTube 
Um, share this as well if this message helped you. And by the way, if you'd like some information, um, some cool things, as we're doing this live, I'm doing this cool Prime Day deal. If you want to have more presence of God in your life, I wrote this book called The Miraculous Breakthrough Formula for just today, actually. It's 15 bucks as normal, but I'm actually giving autographed copies for anyone interested in grabbing this. It's principles of prayer, fasting, and Bible study that will transform your life, allow God's presence in your life, and allow miraculous breakthroughs to happen. Um, if you're interested in that, check out the link in the bio. Check out miraculousbreakthroughformula.com. And on that, let me end this with a prayer. But dear Father God, I'm thankful for our brothers and sisters today. I'm thankful that you've led by example, Lord, that you've given us kingdom principles, that you've given us in unpacked ways, that you came not only here, not just with uh, commandments. You didn't just come here as a lofty God. You came here in the form of a servant. You came here, God, in Jesus, and you exemplified us what a kingdom life can look like. And thank you for giving us your word that's able to divide between sinew and bone. Thank you for giving us your word, which will never return void. Thank you for living a life so that we could see it in front of us, so that we could be a disciples, so that we could be able to bring heaven unto earth, Lord. And today, I just pray that this word lands on good soil. Break off any chains or thorns or anything that would prevent this word from landing onto people's hearts and spirits and minds to be able to have it transform in their life. You say that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is peace and patience and, and, and long-suffering and all these amazing things. And I just pray that these, these fruits show up powerfully in people's life. Because you say that a good fruit, a good tree will produce good fruit. I pray for fruits of prosperity and success and influence and blessing in my kingdom builders' lives. I pray that anything that is not a, not that is formed that is not again, that is not for you is broken off right now chains of desperation and fear and anxiety and, and pain and anything that is not there that is commanded and broken off right now because the blood of the lamb has already cleansed us. I thank you for making us a new creation. I thank you for giving us your word so that we can continue to obey whatever that that is. Today, Lord, help us to be able to drop that wisdom and to have the courage to be able to take action on that. Let us be doers of the word, not just hearers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen, Kingdom Builder. Did you get an inspired thought today? Did you get some insight? If you did, put a one in the comments below. Important that we take action on anything that we hear. Let it not be my word be heard. Let it be God's word be heard today. Awesome, Talia. Awesome, Lisa. Let's absolutely do this. Awesome, Pam. So with that said, everybody, appreciate you for being here. God bless, and we will talk with you soon. Bye-bye, bye-bye.